as we think about all the things that have been going on and everything that's been happening, I just thought it would be a good time for us to be reminded of the cross. And so as we think about the cross, I want us to look at this cross-builder drama I did. And I, I did this 19 years ago. Okay, I was 40 years old. It, it happened to be at a men's conference. It's something that a guy you probably never heard of or thought about. It's the guy who got the wood ready for Jesus. I learned it from a friend of mine, Joe White, who's probably going to be on SWAT radio on Friday. He taught me this 20 years ago and said, Doug, I want you to do it. And it was one of the most powerful gospel presentations I believe I was able to get to do. And so um, I'm going to play it, and then, I want, and then I'm going to show you a video. Uh, I'm going to make a few comments in between the video and the, the drama. But the drama is about 20 minutes, and then the video is about five. But I want you to sit back and let the words of through that drama that day impact you about the cross. Think about the cross. Let the cross be the thing that really dominates your mindset as you go through this. This is a little step back from Hebrews, but everything we've been covering about being all in, this is all encompassed in this message of the cross. So here we go. Gotta have it in a hurry. Gotta have it today. So he can be crucified with those two other guys from Hebron. Inhumanity of inhumanity. Imagine nailing men on a cross. And I got to be the one that builds it. Should have kept his mouth shut. That's what he should have done. Yeah, they say I can build a good cross. I've been building these death trees for 20 years now. Yep. Should have just kept his mouth shut. That's when they called Jesus. That's his name, Jesus. Yeah, things haven't been quite the same since he walked into this country two or three years ago. Never been the same. And now, even his cross has to be different. Claiming to be God. Claiming to be God. Jesus. Claiming to be God. Claiming to be God. Yeah. I still remember the look in my sister's eyes 
When she went up and she saw him up there at the Sea of Tiberias, about two days' walk up to the north. I'll never forget it. In fact, you'd have thought she talked to God. Don't look in her eyes. She was up there with everybody else that was curious about this man named Jesus. I'll never forget the look in her eyes when she came home that day. I'll never forget the stuff she said he said. She said he spoke words that had conviction. Words that had love. I haven't met a man that spoke with conviction in this country since I was born under this Roman rule. Spoke with conviction. Huh. Yep. Still remember what she said. She said that he spoke words like, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How can a man see God? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wherever heaven is. That's what he said. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be satisfied. Satisfied. I'd like to be satisfied just once in my life. Truly satisfied. I I would. I really would. Blessed are the peacemakers, he said, for they should be children of God. Children of God. I never even had a dad. At least one that loved me. I'd like to know what it's like to be a son and be loved by a dad. Yep, that's what he said. Now they're crucified. I told I told her, like I told you, you should have just kept his mouth shut. He wouldn't be in this mess. This crazy country we live in. Romans always looking for some way to hurt somebody. Some way to inflict pain. Jew, you can be certain of that, I ain't a Jew, but I've studied these people, I've watched them, studied their traditions and their law, they're very religious people, they are, very religious. One thing I've learned these people believe in God and they got some strange customs. They believe that perfect blood has to be shed to do away with you know our sins. You know, sin, the stuff we do that's bad. 
all that stuff that makes God angry. They believe perfect blood has to be shed. And every year they come from all over the place. All over they come and they bring their lambs in here. And that's what they sacrifice. They bring them, they come in through that gate right over there and they take them to the high priest. And the priest will inspect that lamb. And if that lamb is perfect, then it's sacrificed. It's killed. And you can smell the blood in the air during that time of year. You know when it's happening. But after it's sacrificed, their sins are forgiven. That's what they say. Now, Jesus claims to be the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. God's Lamb. The sacrifice for our sin. That's what He claims. Do I believe it? (laughs) I'd like to. I really would. Because if it's true, it means that there's even hope for lowest of low, vilest of vile, cross-building, scum of the earth man like me. If it's true. And I need hope. I need hope so bad. But if it's not, well, I guess I'm headed straight to hell. something but don't you tell anybody this man Jesus you know what he said the other day at the temple because my sister told me this she heard him say it he said that in three days after he dies he is going to walk away from this Roman cross and I tell you I've been building these things for over 20 years no man's ever walked away from this Roman cross no man it may be slow but it's sure death and it's painful He won't be walking away from this Roman cross. You see, because according to Roman law, three coroners will sign his death certificate. And if they're wrong, they'll be crucified upside down or they'll be burned and the fire be started using their own clothes. (laughs) He won't be walking away from this cross. tell you, if this man Jesus is a legend, he'll die down just like all the rest. You know, he'll be forgotten in a week, a month, a year. You'll never hear about him again. But if he's not, you can rest assured, it'll be a story that'll be told all over the world. All over. And it'll never be forgotten. If it's true. I don't know about you. But I I think I'm going to stick around to Sunday. And see for myself if it's true or not. He said three days. I'm going to stick around to Sunday. 
and see if what he said is true. And so he did it. He carried it, took it, carried it. He died on it. And the story continues. you men today that the greatest message that Jesus ever preached he preached with a cross on his back the greatest message he ever preached was when he looked out at the very men that were crucifying him that were murdering him and he looked up and he said father forgive them they don't even know what they're doing with a cross on his back he could say that because he had the father's love And it never left him. The first thing he said, man, was a prayer when he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. How many times when we experience pain and we experience suffering, do we pray? His ministry was born in prayer and it ended in prayer. He's somebody that we can trust. But man, I'm afraid that our... Our Jesus of today is not the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. The Jesus that is promoted today in churches is a weak Jesus a lot of times. It's an easy fix Jesus, an easy believe Jesus, but not the guy who looked out at the very people that was crucifying him and said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. He looked at his friend John. He said, John, behold your mom and he looked at his mother Mary and said mother behold your son because love was in him to the very end and he cared about his mom and he cared about his friends and guys we don't care about anybody anymore except for ourselves we just care about ourselves that's all and how can we have the love of Jesus in us if we only care for ourselves And there was a thief, two of them, one on the right and one on the left. And one looked at him, and he was a lot like us, guys. He just had a little bit of faith. And he said, remember me, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus looked at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. A little bit of faith. That's all he wants from us, guys, is a little bit of faith. Just a little bit. Not earth-moving faith, just a little bit. Just like that guy. Who looked at him. Very, very end of his life. He was still calling men to the cross and to himself. And do you know that thief? He didn't do anything good before his life on the cross. And he didn't do anything after. But he had faith. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, is not about what we do in life. Because Jesus did it all with a cross on his back. He did it all for us. And all he wants for us is to us to understand that he wants a relationship. He wants us to know him in a real way. He wants us to have life. And guys, we don't have life. 
You look around while we sing praise songs. You look around while we worship. You look at this sanctuary. It should be filled with people of life who love Jesus Christ and it's not. Why? If it was a football game, it would be. If it was a baseball game, it would be. But not for the man who died naked for us. Why? It's because we don't promote the Jesus of 2,000 years ago. Man, this is what it's all about. It's all about the cross. And Jesus has called us to the cross. He wants us to understand that it starts with God. It starts with God. God created us like Joseph for a relationship. Until we have that, we'll never have life. We'll never have it. And that relationship, guys, was ruined by sin. And we take too trivial a view of sin. God hates sin. Not the sinner. He hates sin. And guys, he wants us to have that relationship. And we'll never have it apart from Jesus and trusting him in a way that's real. In a way that believes in him. That's real. That produces a change in our life. You see, we don't change. He changes us when we trust him with our life. He'll do it. You see, over 700 years before Jesus was crucified, the prophet Isaiah said it like this. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Like a laser beam focused down. So much so was the wrath of God poured on him that he looked up and he said, Dad, why have you forsaken me? Because God can't look upon sin. He can't. He can't look on it, guys. He had to turn away. But Jesus, the Bible records with the word to tell us die when he said, it is finished. The debt is paid. Which means every sin that you would ever commit was paid for on the cross that day. Everything. So no matter what you've done in life, no matter how bad you feel in life, it's been paid for. And Jesus looked up after it was done and he said, it's finished. And so, men like Paul went about and preached about Jesus. They went out and spoke to people and talked about him because they understood what the cross meant. Because Jesus embodied the cross. Paul wrote about him when he says, who Jesus being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself and took the very nature of a servant. The very nature of a slave. Somebody who was chained. The very nature. And became humble. He was humbled and obedient unto death. Even death on a cross. Guys, this was the worst way you could die. You were naked. Exposed to the world. And he became the God of the universe. Do we understand that he was the God of the universe? Naked and exposed for you. And for me. Because he loved us with so much love. Therefore God exalted him up to the highest place. And said at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. In heaven on earth under earth. 
And every tongue will confess one day. Guys, you may not confess it here now. In this lifetime. But I promise you one day. We will all confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day we will. And you can do it now or you can do it then. But you will do it. Paul understood this. He understood this. He spoke often about being a bondservant, being chained. Listen to this. In a letter Paul wrote. Well, first, let me tell you about Paul. Listen to this. This is a guy who was religious, guys. He was a guy who could have been the Pharisee of Pharisees. But listen to what he went through for Christ. He said, five times I received from the Jews. 40 lashes minus one, 40 would kill you. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the deep. I've been constantly on the move. In danger from rivers. In danger from bandits. In danger from own countrymen. In danger from Gentiles. He goes on to say, I've labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Anybody who had gone through that, has the right in our eyes to say, I deserve honor and praise for what I've done for him. But not Paul. Not Paul. Because he understood the cross. And he understood what it meant to be chained to Christ. And this is what he said, guys. Listen to this. In Galatians, he says this. He says, may I never, ever boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. May I never boast. He didn't say may I never. He said may I never boast except in the birth of Christ. May I never boast except in the life of Christ. May I never boast except in the miracles of Christ. Except in the good that he did. He said no may I never cross in anything but this. The cross is where it's at guys. And that's why we have no power as the church today. Because we've forgotten this. We've forgotten it. And my question for you today. Is. Are you going to walk away from here? And are you going to forget it? Because I'll tell you what, about a year ago, a man spoke this message to me. And he had a chain link that he gave to the people that were there to remind them of being chained to Christ. And I carried this on my keychain, and it reminds me when I'm tempted to look at that woman that's walking that is not my wife, that I'm chained to Jesus, therefore I'm chained to my wife. That when my kids upset me, so bad that I want to do stuff that I shouldn't do. I don't because I'm chained to Christ. When I want to leave because I'm discouraged, my family, I don't because I'm chained to Christ. When I want to get upset with somebody, whether in ministry or at work, it doesn't matter. I don't because I'm chained and this chain reminds me of this. Because this is what it's all about, guys. When you follow Jesus Christ... You can't do it if you don't understand this. Because that's the mystery of the gospel. All boiled up into the cross. Now, guys, I just celebrated my 40th birthday. My wife made an incredible gift to me of a book of memories. Pictures from the last 40 years of my life. And I opened it up and and I saw things in there that reminded me of good things. And there were things in there that reminded me of sad times. 
There was one picture in there of me and my wife at a particular time. And somebody asked what was going on. And I said, well, that's the night that I renewed my vows with my wife. Because you see, the first 10 years of my life, I did not honor my wife the way I should have. And in my own eyes, I violated that vow and in her eyes too. And many of us are there, guys. And when you understand this, and you understand being chained to Christ, you're not embarrassed about doing stuff like that because you know you're, you're going to do what he wants you to do. And guys, it started for me in 1987 when, when I was almost killed in that plane crash. That day, God spoke to me and said, you have a purpose in life and are you going to follow it? Or are you going to follow your own desires? Guys, don't wait till that day in your life. Don't let it take a near fatal accident for your eyes to be open to what Jesus can do. Because I look back, I've got to go to Russia and share the love of Christ and see people's life change. I've got to see people in Houston whose lives have been changed because they're chained to Jesus now. And I'm going to give you a chance to come in just a second and chain your life to him. I sat there, that was 20, almost 20 years ago. That was three days before 9-11 happened. And I sat there and I was just watching and it brought me to tears because I thought how easy it is to forget the power of the cross. I just want to ask you this question. What does the cross mean to you? What does it really mean to you? I know what it should mean. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, what it should mean for us. It should mean that we are saved from the penalty of sin and we are saved from the power of sin in our life. Peter says it this way, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Amos, you're healed. Bob, you're healed. Ken, you're healed. Rich, you're healed. We are healed because of his death on that cross. For you were straying like sheep, but you've now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. He is our king. He is our shepherd. And we have hope because of the cross. But what does it mean to you? 20 years later, I still have the link. It's just a reminder. It's not a good luck charm. It's not just for my key ring. It reminds me every day that I'm chained to the overseer of my souls. Guys, some of you have these because you've been at a demonstration where I've done the cross. Some of you don't. If you want one of these links, just as a reminder, I'm putting it on you to email me your address and just say, I want a link and here's my address. I'm going to send everybody who sends me that one of the links for Easter. It's my gift to you, to remind you that we're saved from the penalty of sin and we're saved from the power of sin. Romans says it this way. It says, while we were yet sinners, while we were weak, it says, verse 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he died for us. He didn't die because you're good enough, Kent Ralston. 
He didn't die because you're good enough, Lacey. He died while you were in the midst of sin. He says, Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. You see, there's a problem. The cross was the merging of God's love and his justice. And we can never forget that. And so let this week be a reminder. And again, I come back to the question, what does the cross mean to you? Are you amazed by Jesus enough to to take up your own cross like he told his disciples and follow him? I'm going to close. I want to play this song. And and, And really, throughout the video you're going to see with it it's it's are you amazed are you really amazed at what he did for you not for others not that he can give hope to other people who are bad who are struggling but that he can give hope to you and are you sharing that hope this week of all weeks guys in the last 20 years since 9-11 we have not had anything like we're experiencing right now opportunity wise Are you sharing it? You know, one of you texted me and said, hey, can we share this link? Can we share the video? I'm going to make a link available later on if you want to share it with somebody later in the week. But I'm going to put a link. I'm going to put it up on YouTube. I didn't want to because it's 20 years ago. I I listened to it and I'm, (laughs) you know, nobody likes to listen to themselves. But Lori encouraged me to do it. So I'm going to put it up on YouTube and I'm going to share it with you guys. You can share it with other people for Easter and just say, hey, why don't you watch this? Now, obviously, it's geared toward men. So, hey, just tell people it was at a men's conference. But as we go into this last little video, I want you to just think, what does the cross mean to me? What does Jesus mean to me? And what am I doing with it? Okay, and then I'm going to close in prayer. So let me pull up this last video and do a screen share if I can. Um, Hold on. Uh, Wait. Sorry. All right. Am I amazed?
What does the cross mean to you? Save from the penalty and save from the power. What it should mean to us is what Paul wrote to the Colossians. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, interceding for us 24-7 like we've been studying in Hebrews. He says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is in your life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. The hope that we have, we have to share with people. So Father, thank you for this powerful reminder of what you have done in your son. That you have taken our sin and you have returned us to the overseer and shepherd of our soul. We are yours, secured forever. No matter what we've done, no matter how bad we've blown it, we are yours. And if anybody has never bowed their heart to you, and Lord, if they've never really surrendered to you today, let that day be the time that they do that. Let it be today, like the thief on the cross. Just remember me, Jesus. No fancy prayer. Just, Lord, I have faith. I believe that Jesus was real. I believe he's my Savior, and I want to trust him today. From now on, change me. Bring people into my life to help me understand what this means for me practically. Let me grow as you shepherd my soul. Let that be real today. And for those who have already trusted but who've forgotten Thank you for the reminder, Lord, and we just repent and say we want to live every day in light of the cross. So if a chain link helps us remember, whatever it is that helps us remember, we're chained to you, Lord. Let us never forget what you did 2,000 years ago this week to save our souls. We love you, and let us be hope givers. Let us put you on display to our world. In Jesus' name, amen.